the book of Genesis in your Bible this morning. Genesis, the 28th chapter. Just one little por uh, parcel of time out of the life of the supplanter, the deceiver. Jacob, is he not rightly named, Esau said. Genesis 28, begin in verse 16. Jacob awaked out of his sleep, and he said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I knew it not. That's a bad feeling to come to church and not know the Lord is there. That's a bad place when you can pray on your way to work and don't feel God. It's a bad place to be, at least in my mind. I'll hear all sorts of things if I don't know the Lord's presence is there. And the Bible said he was afraid. And said, how dreadful is this place. This is none other but the house of God. And this is the gate of heaven. And Jacob rose up early in the morning. And took the stone that he had put for his pillows. And he set it up for a pillar. And poured oil upon the top of it. And he called the name of that place the first. Preaching or teaching this morning. Good to have each of you here. I'm so thrilled to see our visitors, our new, new folks. And, and uh, all of you, whether you've been here for a long time or not, we're thankful you're here. It's because where two or three are gathered together in my name, Jesus said, Beth Haven. Luz. Bethel, Bethaven. Thank you, Lord, for your mercy today, for your goodness and strength, God, for your helping hand, for the guidance of your word, the presence of your spirit. Help us to do your will, God. Bless your people, feed your sheep, encourage souls. We'll give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. God bless you. You may be seated today. Amen. Luz, Bethel, and Bethaven. We all know people in life, maybe we are some of those, not insinuating that, I'm just saying we all know people that they make a lot of promises in their life. They will sign the dotted line and they will, their promises rarely seem to be kept. After a while in life, Brother Joe, you, you kind of figure out who those people are. They probably mean well when they make a promise or a commitment, but they just let stuff get in their way, and more promises are broken than kept by too many to number. They come into the kingdom of God. They're born again of water and of the Spirit because of some big event that woke them up in life. They got in a car wreck. They had a physical issue, a health problem. Something threatened their financial peace of mind. Something was breaking their family up. And while that heat was on, they promised the Lord this, that, and everything. If you do this, God, I promise you I'll do that. If you'll change this circumstance, God, I promise to leave. Their candles are inspired and they burn very brightly. But way too soon are they is broken. Husbands break promises to wives. Wives break promises to kids. Friends break promises to friends. 
on and on and on. I know you know this, but I'll just preach to that it is a sprint. If you want God, if you want God to make you happy instantaneously, He's not Santa Claus. He may help you instantaneously to go through, to grow in our walk with God. And every time I throw stones at God and make accusations about why He's not helping me, you know what God does in love? He lets me wander back into the wilderness of life. Back into the wilderness. Three or four times Israel got within a stone's throw of the promised land only to start murmuring and muttering. Growth can be painful. And growth can be painfully slow. But Jesus said in Luke 21, 19, if you don't have this small little verse memorized, you should. In your patience, possess ye your souls. I don't like to talk about that subject. You don't like to talk about it because tribulation works patience. That's Romans chapter 5. But in our own patience is where our souls are hanging in the balance. You have to be patient with God, have to be patient with your brother, and you have to be patient with yourself. And it is our own personal responsibility, Leviticus 6.13, to keep our own fires on the altar burning. In fact, the writer said it should never go out. I'm tired of Pastor Herring. I'm tired of this and that. I'm That's why I quit. That's why I'm angry. That's why I'm giving up. Nope. It is your job to keep your fire burning every but think about this with me today. What have we, meaning you and I, done with our personal encounters with the Lord? And we've all had them, whether it's through addiction life that we've ended up. In fact, many of the chapters in the book of Psalms, how many of you love to read the book of Psalms? It's such a refreshing read. Many of the chapters that you enjoy in there are the result of encounters would go on, something cataclysmic and large, and he would get through it, and he'd say, get me some paper, get me something to write with, and he'd start writing down his encounter with God. Furthermore, in the Bible, often when a man, when mankind had an encounter with God, he would name he counter, or he'd build some sort of memorial as a reminder. A pile of stones, iter, I-T-E-R, a crown of some sense or semblance, or a semblance of an emblem to him. It, it was something, Joshua 4, verse 8 and 9, to commemorate, to commemorate the crossing of the Jordan River at flood stage. He piles up these 12 stones. What's that all about? So that you can tell your kids and your kids can tell their kids that when we came and it seemed like it was impossible, God made a way where there seemed to be no way. The man is, he's charging the leaders of Israel. 
before his own death to follow the Lord diligently. And when they agree, he sets this stone commitment you made to the Lord. This very rock is a memorial of what God did with you in that encounter. It's a reminder. I'm going to be leaving this place, Joshua was saying. But every time you see that, God heard you make a vow, I said. God heard you make a promise. Patient with me. In Numbers 13, 24, the Jews in the promised land cut down this huge, huge, by the enormity of it all, that when they thought about it, they named the place Eshkol, or cluster. I'm talking about memorable God moments in your life. Every one of you have had them. Every one of us, if given the time, the chance, the opportunity, the moment, the microphone, the setting, you could tell us about a miracle where you met a wall in your life and you begged God and God came through for you. What have we done with those moments? Uh, here, here's an important part of the lesson that we all need to get a hold of. These moments are not meant to in our life. The reason God interrupted the moment because we needed a new understanding. Some people don't come to the altar after their original. But you don't understand. God is trying to establish new moments in our life. Yesterday's blessing is not enough for me today. It wears off. My human nature pushes it aside. I get carnal to things that's from the Lord. That's why going to church regularly is so important. Because God is allowing us to get a... a Joshua said, that stone heard you make that vow to God. What have I done with these encounters? At the end of something I'll just forget about. Jacob and his uncle, Laban. Two peas in a pod. One's a deceiver. One snip, Jacob. And you've got Laban, his uncle, of his daughter. You do kind of reap what somewhere in the middle of the road, Jacob and Laban decide we're not going to win this battle. Let's come to some mutual form of agreement here. And they, 147, Laban the uncle calls the place Jagar Sehadutha, or witness pile. And Jacob just calls it Galid, or heap of testimonies. It's your personal to you. What Laban got out of the covenant, Jacob got something completely different. So when you tell me how perfect, but to you, you're red hot with the witness of that encounter with you and God. I don't expect you to understand my encounters. Just don't put my encounters down because they're real to me. Time to let, to let me 
tell you about the miracles in this situation of my life, how I went from bankrupt to this, how I went from disease to healthy, how I went from depressed to overcoming, on and on and on. And you should never go, oh, let me, I got something better than that. Don't try to top that. Someone's encounter means everything to them. Someone's personal encounter with God means everything to them. We should weep with those that weep and rejoice with those that rejoice. People down when they say August the 12th, 1995, God filled me with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Boom! Memorial. Boom! Altar. God's trying to restart our walk through these encounters. He's trying to reestablish a fresh ambition through these confrontations. I'm trying to go somewhere today. In our text, in the oh, what he's about to encounter, he just knows he's nap time, bedtime, and he lays down and takes a siesta. And the Bible said in the middle of the night somewhere, Jacob dreamed a dream. And he sees this ladder in all heavens. Bible said, let a man tell a dream as a dream. And I get it. There's some dreams I've had that scared me to death. I wake up going, whew, I'm glad that was a dream. I had some dreams about some of your kids recently. And, and they weren't oh, too much salad too late in the night or something like that. And I got up and as soon as I realized what was going on, I just started praying for those kids. But sometimes, read it, in a dream, in a vision of the night, when deep sleep falleth on men, then he opens the ears and seals their encounter with God. Pray that, I pray that she makes it to heaven. I have no reason to believe she will not. Long gone, long, long gone, 30 years gone. Brother West, she had a dream every time I turned around. She'd be waiting for me. She'd be standing back there and constantly crossing eye, making eye contact. And I'm telling you, if she had one dream, she had something I would feel to something I would think, come on, you're better than that. My dryer was spinning in God, but at least acknowledge that it's been a dream. How quiet it got in here, huh? Where'd that enter? Where'd all the shouters go there, huh? In a while, that sister would tell me a dream, and I would just say that again. You know, they hated Joseph. Joseph was a dreamer. And they said, what's going to become of your dreams now, big guy? Ladies, now. They hated Joseph because of his dreams. When they figured out, oh. And I love what the Bible said about Jacob, his father. Jacob observed the sayings. His brothers are slinging hostilities his way, and Jacob's back there going, hmm, I'm just going to watch this play out. That's wisdom. That's Proverbs chapter 3, right? And it's not just an empty ladder. He sees it's an active ladder. There are angels of God. You might want to get up and write some stuff down the minute you wake up.
And he said, I And in Genesis 28, 19, when he's got the sleepiness, Bethel means the house of God. It doesn't mean the foyer. It means the house of God. It's the house of God. He considers this encounter. He can got to make. I've got to make a memorial here. This is more than Taco Bell coming through in the middle of the night. This is something between God and myself that becomes an altar to sacrifice on. That eventually becomes a city, Bethel. In other words, it started as a dream, it became a pillar, it became an altar, and it became a city, the house of God. He didn't just get bored and say, well, establish something from that day forward. You know the reason too many people, and if, if one or two are very little with their encounters. Maybe God saved you in that car wreck. Maybe God saved you in that drug deal. Maybe God saved you out of that, out of that family disaster that went on. And we're, we're thankful. We're like sewage of life. And church bores us. And prayer meeting, we find every reason not to be. First Kings. Chapter 12, verse 28 and 9. After the death of Solomon, after Solomon at 70 years old expires from this name of Jeroboam. Not talking about Rehoboam. I have not made half. He tells the people, Jerusalem is way too far for you to travel to go to church. So I'm going to make it more convenient for you have to be worshipped by the Jews and guess where he brings that thing? To Bethel. He brings this golden calf to the house of God. He brings this gall. He brings this brazen sinful I dare you to the house of God. I dare make a scene because you know what I'm doing in life. I dare you to get on this sensitive subject, Pastor, because you know that's what I'm engaged in. And Jeroboam said, there it is, the way to Jerusalem. I'm going to help you out. Save you some car gas. Save you a little greenbacks at the gas station. Here's your God. Worship it. And I don't get this, Brother Joe. I just don't get this. Ilya and his authority. Most of these Jews go, oh, so nice. I don't have to drive all the way to Palmer anymore. I don't have to. Jeroboam's my authority. He said it's okay. And he didn't just do it in the middle of nowhere. He didn't go to Sodom and Gomorrah. He went to the house of God, to Bethel, where Jacob had had this. There it is. 
For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners. Never underestimate the influence of those people that you're drawn to at work. Be careful about those strong of you when you go to church. You won't even talk about it when they're around because they make you feel like less than a human being. Watch out. You know, one of the things I preached years ago, four things, four people we need to know to be saved. It's been 15 years since I preached that. And one of those people we need to know is ourselves. What environment we can't stay strong in. God, thus Bethel becomes a center, not an outlet of idolatry. I'm in your Bible right now, in case you, in case you think I got this off TV. I'm in your Bible. It becomes a center of idolatry. Prophets like Jeremiah, it used to be the highlight of the Hebrew life. And now you got Jeremiah and Amos saying, it's... It, But along comes this man's name. Oh, thank you, sir. Bless you very much. His name is Hosea. I love the book of Hosea. You got to realize years is an idol center. People used to pray through, and now they're, they're praying to gods that they don't even know. Nope. Hosea comes along. Now, he's officially called a minor prophet. You know that, right? But his message is anything but minor. His message, he can't even say the words Bethel anymore. He has seen this putrefied form. 4 verse 15. He labels Bethel now Bethaven. It's a house of idols. Oh, it used to be so age, the writer said. My kids used to get up and love Sundays. My kids used to love Wednesday night. Maybe I'm just talking to myself today. I'm, I'm portraying myself in that place, please. Hosea says, I can't take it anymore. It goes from to Bethel, meaning the house of God, to Bethaven, meaning the house of idols. A real word. I'm just telling you what it said. Nothingness. Oh, I want to tell somebody. After the Lord Jesus Christ, everything else is nothingness. <laughs> Nothing. Nothing. made to the Lord? What about those commitments, those vows you made to God that if he'd spare you this addiction, spare you that? Some of you said, I'll be in the front row, God, and I'll never look back. Some of you said that. I know you did. This is one of those scriptures that just, it bothers me. Not the fact that it's a scripture. The content of the scripture bothers me. Verse at Bethaven in Haggai 2 verse 3. He's talking about what the church used to be. And now, is it not in your eyes in comparison of it as nothing? Look at it. I mean that place. 
You didn't care who came and didn't come. You were always excited about church. I said that Bethel, the house of God, had deteriorated into Bethaven. Allow that to happen. But thankfully, that's bad enough. I, 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 I'm at a wall sometime when I read these minor prophets because I realize it's back to look, is God in the house yet? No, still nothing but idols. Baal, Astaroth, it was, it was years. A man like Jeroboam can cause the entire train of of motion and put his evil plans into motion and cause everything sacred to come to a why can't one praying sister why can't one faithful friend family much guts why isn't there a man that'll stand up and pray a family I may have failed on my promises yesterday, but I'm renewing my vow to you today. I am commit will come through. And by one man's disobedience, Romans 5:19, many made righteous. The devil does not have the final say. The devil does not control the direction, the narrative, the ideas of the house. And in 2 Kings 23, in 2 Kings 23, here's this one man. This dude is a one-man wrecking crew sent to Bethaven. And he, with no respect for Jeroboam's evil, he starts tearing down these golden calf images. Brother, all it takes is one Holy Ghost-filled, mind-made-up, committed man or woman to say, we're not going to bow down to Hollywood, worldliness. We're going to start a brand new direction. in One woman, one young person, one elder. Oh, don't you bother telling me one, don't you tell me that all the failures of your past are going to control you from this day on that got to the breaking point in life. And Joel 3.9 said, wake up the spiritual might inside of him today. Everybody's kids have issues. I don't care what we see externally. Every young person goes through confusing moments in their life. They're just as sick of it. They don't want to come to church anymore. They're bored. Well, you know, you run your house how you want to run your house, okay? But you don't need to be staying home just to cater to, to the whims and whims of, of a young because she gets lonely. You are, you are desecrating everything righteous that God's ever done for you. Where are the mighty men among us today, huh? Where are the mighty sisters among us this morning? Going to live for God no matter who. Hey, sis, I'm living for God whether she does or not. I'm going.
Ephesians 6.10 said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord. To the move to the exit. I don't feel strong, Pastor Harry. His least among you is greater than John the Baptist. And you know who John the Baptist was? The greatest prophet that Jesus said, He that's least in the kingdom. Hey, you, bro. You. The least in the kingdom. Greater than the greatest. John 14, 12, Jesus said, talking about you and I, greater works than these shall you do. That Beth Aven looks pretty intimidating. Josiah says, get out of my way. I want to follow someone that's going somewhere. Josiah tears down those altars. He pummels those columns and those chapters. And what has happened is now what started as a pillar God had given him an encounter through. That became an altar which he sacrificed on. That became the house of God. And it became beth -Aven. Now Josiah is saying, no, 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 no. We're going to do everything we can to keep the sanctity of the church in the right place in our life. Hey, I can't help it if worldly people come in here and try to spread their, their nonsense. We're just going to keep preaching truth, all right? We're going to keep standing for what the house of God represents. What about our encounter? Is it just some empty, forgotten? Man, I have to. Let me think about that. Yeah, I the more I think about, the more I remember that day. Oh yeah, and then I forgot about that point. Mm. My dad worked with a man on the North Slope years ago, and my dad always had this Thompson chain or a Schofield with him. But he would. I've got his Thompson chain today in the columns. The marginal areas are filled up with notes. And just little nuggets for the Joe that he found while reading. And he was trying to have a Bible study with a man on the North Slope way, way, way back. And he said the man was appalled that in such a sacred compilation of the breath of God, he would put his hand in ink and write in his Bible. And I said, well, what did you tell him, Dad? He said, well, I didn't even think about it. He said, I thought this was like my workbook for life, you know. This isn't put behind glass in some museum. This is my, my workbook for life. And Dad would say, those little marginal notes over there, that meant something to me that day. God talked to me right there. That little note back there, God spoke to me about that verse that day. Hey, brother, if this is nothing more than just a museum piece to you, then you've misunderstood what God wants it to be. Your loved ones are waiting on you. Your neighbors are waiting on you. They need to know about the memorials in your life. You don't work there by accident, my, my sister and my brother. You don't live in that neighborhood by accident, my friend. You may have gotten cold, and I may have gotten cold, 
But all it takes, Brother Tiger, is one more encounter. All I need is one more encounter, Jesus. And I can have that encounter anytime I want. I can find it in Bible devotions. I can find it at an altar of prayer. I can find it driving down the road. But we've got to make sure that the house of God is the house of God. You know, someone asked me, why don't we take the chairs out and play dodgeball? Because it's the house of God. That's why. Want to play dodgeball? Go in the men's room and do it or something. If I've gotten cold, if you've gotten to that place where you're not even sure if he's in this anymore, all it takes is one real encounter. And There's not a better, there's not a more authentic, a more sincere, a more genuine, a more anointed encounter you've ever had in your life than when you repent of your sins. 42 times from Romans to Jude, it's used in one form or another to the church. You're at an encounter crossroads. Forgive me for my attitude, God. Forgive me for my... Forgive me for my unforgiveness, Lord. Forgive me for my hatred, God. Forgive me for my sneakiness, God. Forgive me for my lying, God. When you're at a repentant place in your life, you are at a crossroads, an encounter with God. Hey, you better do something with that encounter. You better do something with that crossroads. Someone said, all i got to do is believe in Jesus. Well, you do have to believe in Jesus. Hebrews 11.6, I know that's true. But when you repent of your sins, if you've not yet been water baptized by complete immersion, not sprinkling, immersion, put under. It's a type of the grave. You don't bury people by sprinkling dirt on them. You put them under. That's morbid, I know, but hey. My dad's laying out there. I went and visited him last week on his birthday. Snow over my knees. Baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Not any way. Not any religious way is good enough. The Bible way. That's an encounter invitation. That is an invitation to an encounter that will change your life like nothing ever before. you shall receive the gift. Not the judgment, the punishment, the wrath. The gift. The gift of the Holy Ghost. I want to I talk to some lion spirits today. Some of, some of us have heard voices in our life that, you know, that may be for preachers or ministry, but it's not for common people or lay members. That's not true. If you've repented, if you're at this crossroads, this encounter... The Holy Ghost is a gift that God wants to give every one of us. You know what Job said? He said, can a man be profitable unto God? 22 and 2 of Job. Can a man actually profit God? We don't even want to answer that, do we? 
Well, understanding context. When you have this encounter with God, and you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, oh, you're, you're profitable, all right. Because everywhere you go, you're telling people about your encounter with the Lord. That you're not religious anymore. You're full of the Holy Ghost now. You're not just a church member now. You're a born-again, baptized in Jesus' name, believer of the power of God. You are profitable to God. I'm just talking about Luz, Bethel, and Beth-Avon. But the one thing I didn't put on there was it did not stay a house of idols. Funny thing, God didn't sweep in miraculously and do it all himself. He used a man. He stirred up someone like Josiah who had just enough resolve about himself to say, I can make a difference. Family, but I'm going to affect them in a way for the kingdom of God. Hey, what have you done with your encounter? If it's asleep, wake it up today. Stir up the gift of God that's within you with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. Oh, hallelujah. Let's stand today. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the precious gift of the house of God. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord.